0: Great. Um, well, hello again, um, if you've come since um, we first started, my name is Lydia and um, I'm really pleased to be able to share with you this morning um, just what I think God has put on my heart from this passage um and i'd love to pray just as we open it together so father god thank you so much for your word thank you that it is living and active and no matter how many times we may have read a passage you can show us something new and i just pray by your spirit that you would open our hearts to hear what you have for us and that anything that's just from me would fall away and that you would be and your uh, plan would be what comes through today amen um, so yeah, so I wonder if you can think of a time or when someone was really generous to you, or I, or maybe if when I mention kind of generosity, there's a particular person who comes to your mind. I feel very blessed because I have experienced the generosity of many different people um, in my life—friends, like family, church members. Um, but someone who kind of particularly exemplifies this to, to me and my family many times is um, is one of our kind of family friends. Um, he lives in America, which is actually where my, f- my family are from, although we've lived here for kind of 30 plus years now. And he knew my parents um, a really long time before I was kind of before I was even born. So he's been around for a while. We've gone to stay with him in the States and then he's visited us and stayed here and we've done many different holidays. And he's been there for my family in kind of all sorts of key life events, good ones and and tough ones. And so many times he's just shown us such incredible generosity. Uh, he's kind of often bought drinks or meals for us Um, he you know cooks wonderful meals um, spending loads of time kind of sourcing ingredients and preparation and he really he likes the finer things so that's always a real blessing Um, he helped us out kind of practically with our like wedding setup he was there the whole kind of week um, doing lots of different bits and pieces and he gives really extraordinarily generous gifts He, you know, even contributed to part of our honeymoon, which was amazing. um, uh, Thing to do, and I really just often think that I want to be like him. I want to be like that. I want to um, to kind of share that generosity with others. Um, And I, I want, I, I guess for all of us, maybe we can, you can, uh, that you can relate to that. That you know, generosity does something to us, doesn't it? When we experience generosity. It makes us want to be generous back or to kind of pass it on, if you like. And in this passage in Acts, we um, are given a picture of what the early church was like um, and how actually how generous they were to each other. You know, it says that they shared everything and no one needed anything. And can you just imagine what that would even look like today? We are continuing a series today called This Is Us Um, and we're thinking through some of the kind of values and the sort of truths I guess that we want to hold as a community, um, as a church family and today I just um, wanted to help us think about how we can have a really generous church culture um, and we can learn from the early church um, in this. I don't know about you, but I just love reading Acts. Um, I find it so exciting, just story after story of God's power at work, um, and the church just growing so quickly. You know, thousands of people, it talks about thousands of people giving their lives to Jesus. You know, places of prayer get shaken with the Holy Spirit, which may have been quite scary. Um, They're also experiencing really significant um, persecution. You know, there's lots of stories about that too. But amongst all of it, we get these kind of little windows into what the church was actually like to be in um, as, a kind of, as, a, as a punter, I guess, and what their fellowship looked like. And I think that's really remarkable um, to be able to kind of see that and to hopefully then model our, our church and our community on that. And this passage um, is all about one aspect of how they um, would share and look out for each other and then the results that come from that. Now, maybe when you listen to that passage being read, you thought, well, I don't know, but that doesn't sound very realistic for 21st century Southeast London. You know, sharing everything, you know, do I have to sell my house or my car or if you have a field, your field? And I would say the answer is not necessarily at all. It is a really challenging example that the early, these early Christians set, but I think that there are, I noticed a few different things from the passage that I think can help us on our journey in kind of growing in this area, and I'd love to talk us through them now. The first thing that came to me when I was reading, when I was looking at this, was verse 32, where it says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. In other words, they demonstrated real unity, and I think... This is really important, because we can't be a really generous and outward-looking community if we are really distracted by our own kind of conflicts and disagreements. The kingdom of God is about connection and community, and the enemy, it says, seeks to divide and isolate us. You know, we have to work on getting along in order to best reflect Jesus to those around us to show his love. I don't know um, if you've ever been involved in like a project or a team where everyone got on really well, maybe um, through your work or at church or like a sports team or another hobby, something you, something you do. Um, a few years ago, I was working, um, so I'm a doctor um, and I work in respiratory medicine, like, um, which is lungs, so we're kind of often working at the most acute kind of level of, of quite unwell patients. Um, and a few years ago, I was working in a really busy department um, in a really busy hospital. We had just, and there were three others um, kind of in the team who were the kind of same kind of level grade as me. We're called registrars. And there was loads to organize because they had just lots of stuff going on. We had loads of patients um, and we had lots to cover as well as all of our and It And it could have been really difficult actually kind of sorting that out together and planning that. But actually, we got on really well. Everyone was really respectful of each other. We worked hard, um, kind of helped each other out. And we, had, we also had a good laugh together um, and just were an excellent team. Um, I, I guess we were really united in our goal of just providing good patient care and helping each other kind of leave on time in order to have our own life or whatever else we were getting on with. And I still think of it was a, quite a long time ago now, but I still think of it as one of my best years um, in my career kind of career so far in medicine I actually really looked forward to going to work today and working with these these people and I feel like also I was the best we were the best kind of doctors we could be because we were actually really demonstrating this verse in practice of being one in heart and mind kind of to counter that I don't know if anyone has ever seen the show The Apprentice I'm surprised it's still kind of limping on, if I'm honest. But if you haven't seen it, basically it's sort of 10 or 12 people with kind of very extreme type A personality, very ambitious, very confident. They compete in sort of different challenges set um, by the businessman Alan Sugar. And the idea is that they are trying to win um, kind of investment. They used to win an, an apprenticeship, but now they're trying to win an investment um, in for whatever their business idea is. And it's a very similar setup each episode, but it makes good TV because they never get on well at all. They're all so similar. They disagree with each other. They argue. They fight. And actually, often right in front of like whoever they're trying to impress his kind of minion people who are watching them. And it also usually really hampers the project or whatever they're trying to do. They make mistakes. They like lose money. They waste money. And whenever I've seen it, I just think it just doesn't look like any fun <laughs> being doing that. And that's the complete opposite to, you know, my experience at work and, you know, what we're trying to create as a community um, of followers of Jesus and to show to those around us. Now, you know, I'm not silly. I'm not saying that everyone is going to be able to get along all the time. That is not realistic. Um, It's also really important to be able to disagree well when um, it is necessary. And Jesus often shows us how to do this in his ministry. But I think kind of the the point in this passage is that they were probably... The overall focus was really, like, getting along. Um, And in the Sermon on the Mount, um, in Matthew 7, Jesus says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And I guess what I'm kind of suggesting... I'm really growing in this area too myself. I'm I'm definitely not perfect um, but I guess what I, f- I feel the Lord is calling us is to kind of give the benefit of the doubt, um, to give the je- most generous measure that we can when we're kind of addressing each other um, and aiming for that idea of being of being united, being one in what we're trying to do. The second thing I notice from the passage is in verse 33, where it says, God's grace was powerfully at work in them all. You know, they basically the disciples, this new church, this new fellowship, they weren't trying to kind of summon up um, this kind of extraordinarily selfless generosity by themselves. It came from God and as a response to what Jesus had done for them on the cross and um, his resurrection. And the same is true for us. You know, we need to give and um, be generous to each other out of our gratitude at the love and the sacrifice poured out for us on the cross. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, um, the zeal of a new convert. Sometimes sometimes people have mentioned that. Um, and although sometimes it, I think it can be a bit uh, pejorative, actually, it's really I think it's really true. There's something so like pure and special about the energy and the joy and the delight of someone who's just kind of given their life to Jesus just really understood that in their heart for the first time I think of someone that I met when I was helping in a kids group um, at my church when I was at university he was another student and I just remember kind of having a chat with him before um, this once we'd finished setting up you know while we we're waiting for the service to start and he told me that he'd only become a Christian like a few months ago and that he'd been prior to this when we were serving. He'd been invited to church by his housemate and then done Alpha and then given his life to Jesus. And it was an amazing story. I was really impressed that he was already like a few months later serving on team and not only any team, the kids team where you had to be there at like, I don't know, 9am or something that was very early for a uni student on a Sunday morning. Um, I think he mentioned that he was in his final year, so I kind of asked the usual question of, oh, what are you going to do when you finish? And he said, you know what? I'm actually going to go into church leadership. That's what I have decided. And I think I was like, whoa, that's a like, <laughs> big decision, and also uh, early days, and I had to kind of change my face maybe. But actually, thinking about that, rather than kind of being more cynical, I wonder if I should have been more sort of inspired You know, he hadn't been a Christian for very long at all, but clearly his recent encounter with the living God and his new knowledge of what God had done for him um, had just led him to, like, already, you know, sacrifice his Sunday morning, share with me all of, you know, what was happening in his life, and then think about kind of changing his whole career. Now, I don't know if he actually did. what he ended up doing but I think sometimes if we've been following Jesus for a while it's quite easy to let that message or the reality of the cross to become sort of muted or maybe a bit stale Um, and and in that moment then I probably did and I'm sure I've done it many times (laughs) since and that even now I need to frequently kind of go back to that thinking about that moment to refocus on kind of what, the re, what, what it is, the reason for why I'm, we're doing this and what drives everything I do out of that response of what God did for me. And that's how I can kind of allow God's grace to powerfully work through me to hopefully then pass on to those around me, just like the other church members. The next thing I wanted to highlight was in verse 32 and 34. It says, they shared everything they had. And then it says, there were no needy persons among them. When I first kind of started rereading this passage, when I was thinking about preparing this, I thought those phrases sounded extremely alarming, (laughs) especially if it means money, you know, giving, sharing all your money. It sounds like something much more from, I don't know, Genesis 1 and the Garden of Eden than actually what's possible today but i I'm not I don't think actually in this moment that God's asked Jesus is asking us to literally give everything away um you know to each other and I mean occasionally you know there are stories of where someone feels called to something very specific being being given um, but actually in our daily walk in our kind of regular um lives I think I think it's more of a kind of attitude you know and I don't think it just means money it can mean like money or kind of financial things um, but like our family friend that I mentioned at the beginning you know it can be time to help people or you know blessing someone with a, a nice meal or, f- or other food or anything else or being really kind of generous with words um, I have a friend who I think really exemplifies what it's like what it means to be generous with words she um, is called Jess, and she, um, we knew her from when we lived in Ealing, our previous church. But she's, so, she's always been so free with her compliments um, and just kind of positive responses. She says, that's great. That's a really brilliant idea. Um, she's always says, that's a lovely color. She com- always comments on what someone's wearing, says something, a meal, you know, has such nice things to say about it. She will, like, compliment someone in a shop, you know, or on the train about their outfit or whatever. And she's always the first with a kind of happy reaction on, like, a WhatsApp group or whatever. And over the years that I've known her, I think it's, hopefully, it's helped me to become more like this. Maybe because I think, you t- hopefully, you change to become more like the people you spend time with. But also because I know how nice it feels to be on the receiving end of those kind of comments or messages. Um, And so I really want to try to give that back to other people. And how great would it be if as a community we kind of spurred each other on to become more generous? Um, and, And as we experience that generosity from each other, then it will help us all want to kind of give it back to those around us, our neighbours, our families, whoever whoever that is, as well as you know our area colleagues, whoever we're coming into contact with, however we spend our week, and you know we help e- that we maybe will help each other to all you know, change to look more like Jesus, who was the most generous um, to us all. And I've been wondering why it says that no one was in need in that community, in as it says in verse thirty four, because you know, they weren't living in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) They would have had, they were humans, normal people with lots of stuff going on. I'm sure that they had sickness and new babies and, you know, tough things happening and losing jobs and I don't know, whatever the problems in first century Palestine were. But I wonder if actually the main reason why it says they weren't in need is because everyone knew that they could ask for their help or ask what they needed. You know, if I don't know, they need help with their children or food that week or whatever it was. And again, I just wonder how great it would be if we were a community where people felt they could ask um, for what they needed. That they wouldn't, no one would be left wondering where they might get help, whether that was some kind of financial thing or just more practical, um, whatever it might look like. When I was um, pregnant with our younger daughter... someone told me you know when to say yes to just every offer of food or meals or like help with our toddler when the new baby came and it was really good advice because we needed all the help that we could get (laughs) at those beginning at those beginning weeks and months with the newborn you know newborn life and then also a toddler to look after and um, it was it was really full-on but actually despite being kind of so tired um, and you know not able to kind of cook or contemplate kind of organizing all of that um I actually still found it really hard to say yes um I don't know if anyone can relate to that I I guess it was like my pride or you know wanting to look like I was managing it all and that I didn't need anyone I could do this and, but I believe that as the more that we kind of offer to be generous and offer things and kind of create this culture, maybe we can help to kind of do away with that concern that at that moment it was my turn to need help and then another time I will be able to help someone else and it will be my turn to give it and their time to receive it. So just to kind of sum all that up, what does it mean to be a generous community like these believers? Well, it means being united. They were united in one heart and mind. They had a a common goal, and they were more focused on what, what they agreed with than maybe what they didn't. They shared everything. They were quick to offer, to help each other, perhaps, whatever that looked like. And underpinning this all, they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And from their knowledge of what Jesus had done, that meant that they could then, they wanted to pass that on, and they had that to share. And I thought it would just be helpful um, just to maybe, uh, as I kind of wrap up, just to think about a few ways that might allow us to practice this and grow in us together, because it's all very well, kind of reading it and thinking about it, but actually there's gonna, we need to practice and think about how we do that. So the first thing kind of I wanted to say was, I think it is great to err on the side of generosity. It's a sentence that my mum says all the time and, um, but, you know, what it, I guess what it means is if you're thinking about, you know, whether to give something or not, or how much to give or how much to make, you know, just maybe give it. Maybe just go on that higher bit that you, um, of the kind of end of what you're thinking. We have some friends that we know from our, our church kneeling um, who kind of play um, a bit of a game with each other for giving, um, they're a couple, and if they need to, you know, give for a charity or, f- or for, to church or for, like, an emergency appeal, say, for, like, I don't know, an earthquake thing or Ukraine or whatever, then they would each write down a number on a piece of paper and then kind of show it to each other. And they just, they've agreed that they always will give the higher value, like whoever's kind of written the higher bit. You know, so, you know, maybe... Um, whether you're giving at church or for a birthday present or, you know, any different cause, you know, like, let's see um, if you, we can try and kind of be the most generous that we can. Ben and I try and do this um, as, you know, trying to adopt that practice, but it's like a muscle, isn't it? And you, the more you kind of give and the more you're, um, you practice giving, then I think the easier it, it can become. Um, and the reason I think why it's easier to become it brings me to my second point, which is that being generous is really fun. I think it's fun I mean it's really it is really nice to receive a wonderful gift and or you know when someone buys you a drink or a coffee but actually I think it's or I find it's more fun to be the one giving the gift so I'd encourage you to kind of look for fun ways to be generous to those around you you know even if it's It doesn't have to be money, you you know, a little post it note for someone in your family or in your house, or um, just a a compliment um, from in a text message or just saying hello. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be uh, um, kind of expensive or um, big, but just those little things. Um, And I think when you they're really fun and it makes you want to kind of do more. But then the kind of underpinning it all, as I already mentioned, and kind of the main. Um, but kind of my last main point is that, you know, really this is all about our hearts, and we aren't able to do this kind of by ourselves. We need Jesus' love to come into our hearts by the Holy Spirit to change us and to transform us, and you know, make us want to kind of be part of this and kind of join in with with what He's doing and His generosity. John 3.16, I know, is such a well-known verse, but to me it's just still so important and sums up so much. Um, You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And, like, at the center of the message about what it means to follow Jesus is this huge gift that was given to each and every one of us um and we can just be part of that uh just by asking and god loves to give that to us and you you might be here and you might not have kind of you might be wondering you know what i mean when i talk about the holy spirit or jesus coming into your heart Um, And if that's you, you know, we would love to, um, I don't know, tattoo or pray for you to to know that, that we just have to ask, and God wants to give us this best gift, because we are all the um, sons and daughters of just the most generous Father. You know, he gave his son for us, um, and it says that every good, and perfect gift comes from him. So all the things we have, um, all the things we've been given are from God um, and that we can then pass on and share. And he promises us that if we seek first his kingdom um, and his righteousness, you know, his desire, then actually everything we need will be given to us as well. So I want to encourage us to be a community that gives out of that, of being so secure in that knowledge, in that understanding that... um, that's why we're so generous, and that's what makes us different, and is so clear to those around us. So, why don't we stand, if that's okay?